All right, it's great to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and this is our Journey Through Scripture uh, podcast. We are uh, this is our our Thursday uh, download, so I hope that uh, you have had a good week. Looking forward to a good weekend. Uh, we started the Book of Joshua uh, last week or on Tuesday, and uh, made went through chapters one through five, and this kind of brings us up to the actual battle of when. Uh, the, the battle is going to begin. So today we're going to uh, look at uh, chapters 6 through 10. So if you want to take a moment and read chapter 6 through 10, and then come back and join us. All right, so chapter 6 starts with one of the more familiar stories in all of Scripture, uh, the Battle of Jericho, uh, where the, the walls come tumbling down. Right? There's uh, some, some good Sunday school songs uh, about this. Um, but Jericho was a very fortified city had uh, very large walls, um, and that gave them a lot of safety. Uh, if, if your city had uh, strong walls, uh, that was a, a huge fortification for you, um, and it, it was a symbol of strength because you, you were strong, because you could repel uh, many attacks. Um, so uh, Jericho knew that the uh, people of Israel uh, were were there, and, uh, and they would not come out. They were Uh, locked up in the city Um, and so uh, God tells Joshua and they come up with a with an interesting plan Uh, and it's one that's going to make it very clear uh, that this battle uh, is not going to be won by human uh, intuition uh, by human strategy but is going to be won by God and so the the priest and the people would walk around uh, the city uh, once each day uh, for six days and then on the seventh day, they would walk uh, seven times, and then they would uh, would all shout when Joshua uh, uh, commanded them to shout, and the walls come tumbling down. Right, and so uh, it's a, a quite a an, an amazing uh, uh, scene that we have, and and uh, and so the the walls uh, do come uh, come down, and this opens opens up the city, and basically it's it's just it, it's over. Um, this is a again we talk about cultural things. The way that battles worked, it was pretty brutal. Um, war is always uh, brutal. Um, this would have been no different. And uh, what God commanded here at Jericho, uh, again, this is the first major battle. Um, is that everything be destroyed, that nothing, uh, um, nothing would be able to be uh, kept by the people for their own benefit, right? Which that was different. Usually when an army uh, overtook uh, a, uh, a city, they would take many things as, uh, as uh, kind of plunder and pillage and, you know, get all of the, the good stuff, right? Well, not here. The nothing was to benefit any of the people. They could uh, keep the iron uh, and uh, the gold and silver, but it was to go um, to God. It was be to be dedicated to God to be used. Um, you know, kind of. I'm assuming by the Levites used within that realm. It wasn't going to enrich uh, anyone. It was so the way that 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 was handled is everything was either killed or given to God. Um, and so it's, it is, it is brutal, but, uh, we do have, uh, the character that we talked about on Tuesday, Rahab, uh, we see her, um, that, uh, and see 
right right there at the the beginning it says in verse 17 now the city shall be doomed by the lord to destruction and uh, it and all who are in it only rahab the harlot shall live she and all who are with her um and so they they did save uh, rahab her father her mother her brothers and all that she had um she brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of israel um, but all of the city was burned uh, with fire, only the silver and gold and vessels of bronze uh, and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Um, but Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, uh, her father's household, and all that she had because she hid the messengers that had come. So so this is a, uh, a brutal victory, uh, an overwhelming victory, um, and it starts off this campaign in a very powerful way. Uh, and and it, it is interesting. I mean, you look at kind of the, the tactical part of this. Uh, Joshua is basically bringing the army right through the middle of uh, the promised land, if you will, uh, the uh, land of Canaan. Uh, and he's going right through the middle. And then he's of the southern uh, areas. And then he's going to come back up and take care of the northern uh, areas uh, at another time. And... And again, it's important to remember this is this is taking years. This is a this is a long process um, that this the that the uh, has now begun um, in a very powerful way. So then you have kind of interesting. It says in uh, chapter seven, uh, they uh, take a Joshua sent men from Jericho to the next city to I um, Ai. Um, and he says, go up and spy out the country. So they went up and they spied, uh, spied on I. Uh, they returned and said, do not let the people go up. We only need two or 3,000 men to attack. Uh, so they said, oh, we can, we can do this. We don't need the whole army. Um, well, they, they go and the, they get defeated. Um, and it says 36 uh, men uh, were struck down from the uh, people of Israel. Um, and this is really interesting what it says. Verse five says, struck them down on the, on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Right? So the people of Israel, all they just experienced this unbelievable uh, success. And then right on, on following that, where they go to, to I, they think that that they're just going to be able to continue that success and they, they lose. And, and they are, they're like, what is going on? And you see Joshua, it says, Joshua tore his clothes, fell on his, uh, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord. Um, it said, Lord God, why have you brought this people uh, over the Jordan at all um, to, to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us? I mean, even Joshua is like, what is going on? What have we done wrong? Uh, and then uh, it says, uh, uh then what will you do for your great name? So then, then uh, the Lord speaks to Joshua in verse 10. There it is. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, uh, which I commanded them. Um, for they have uh, taken some of the accursed things uh, and they have both stolen and deceived. So what had happened uh, and and Joshua was uh, from what we can tell, is, is obviously not aware of this, that someone um, took some stuff for their own use, right? And, and again, that, that would have been a normal thing, 
Um, it was normal to be able to, to take the spoils of war. That's where that phrase comes from. Um, but God specifically said, no, not at this time, nothing. Everything is either destroyed or is put into the treasury for the house of God. And, and so, uh, God tells Joshua, okay, you need to find out who this is. So Joshua, uh, gets up and he finds out that it is a guy named Achan. Uh, Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils of beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them. Interesting word there. I coveted them. Uh, and in the midst of, and I, and I took them and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent, uh, with the silver under it. So here this guy is, he takes all of this stuff. And I, you know, I, I don't know what a golden wedge weighing 50 shekels, uh, looks like, but I think that would probably, uh, be something that would cause you to covet, right? You would, you would want that. Um, and he saw the opportunity and he took it. It, it seems, it, it is understandable, uh, but again, specifically, God had commanded them not to. And and so, as with a lot of things in the Old Testament, uh, it seems pretty harsh, but the reality uh, uh, of that time was is, is a very harsh time. And so, the punishment was uh, swift uh, and was, uh, was pretty intense. It says, uh, uh, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all of Israel stoned him with stones, right? So that, that would be a rough day. Um, and they burned him with fire after they had stoned them with stones. So just to make sure that the stones, uh, you know, got the job done, let's go ahead and, and, and burn the body as well. So pretty, pretty intense. Uh, but again, it, it does show, uh, you know, the importance that the, the people did this in accordance to the way that God was calling them to do it. And they, they knew what they were supposed to do. And Achan, unfortunately, decided to do, go his own way. So now then you had to deal with the people of, of I. And, and uh, so you, you can read there in chapter 8 uh, kind of the, uh, the circumstance that, that happens. Uh, Joshua uh, kind of uses the misfortune before of, of the smaller group of people being uh, beaten by I uh, to draw them out. And so uh, the, the whole army of Israel goes up but um, places themselves in a few different places. Um, and uh, so a smaller group goes up to I, the, the men of I come out thinking that they're going to be, do just what they did uh, the previous time. And they start following the, the people back. Well, they lead them basically into an ambush. And then there's another group of the people of Israel that now can attack the city because all of the, all of the fighters are out uh, of it. Um, interestingly, it says, uh, said, uh, the Lord said to Joshua there at the beginning of chapter 8, Do not be afraid or dismayed. Take all the people of war with you. Arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given you the hand of the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king what you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Uh, lay an ambush for the city behind it. 
right? So now uh, they, they are going to be able to take things from their, themselves. And it, isn't that, you know, so often we, we jump the gun. Uh, we, we try to, uh, to want to take what's, what's more now rather than waiting. If Achan, if the guy would have just waited, God was going to let them have the spoils of, of war, uh, but not at Jericho. Uh, so he decided that he was going to do it on his own, uh, and it, it, it cost him dearly. So we have, uh, uh the, the city of Ai now, um, is, falls into the hands of the people of Israel. Um, the end of chapter eight, Joshua renews the covenant. Um, the verse 35, uh, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones and the strangers who were living among them. So again, this constant reminder of God's law that we are going to be the people of God. Chapter nine is kind of an interesting story. What you have is you start having the, uh, Many of these city groups, these tribes of people, uh, are now going to band together to to try to uh, come up against this uh, uh, force. Uh, but the residents of Gibeon decided that they were going to try to uh, try to uh, create a treaty um, with the people of Israel, and so they made it out like they were from a, a very far off place. Um, and they uh, said, uh, then the men of Israel said to the, uh, uh, to them, perhaps you dwell among us. So how can we make a covenant with you? Uh, but, but they said to Joshua, we are your servants. Uh, Joshua said to them, who are you and where do you come from? They said, from a very far country, uh, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord, your God. Right? So they, they're trying to make this covenant with Joshua so that he will not, uh, attack them. They're in the city of Gibeon, which is not very far uh, away from Ai and Jericho and uh, things like that. So uh, verse 14, this is very interesting what it says. It says, then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. All right. So now Joshua makes a covenant that he will not destroy them. Um, and he did it without seeking the Lord. Um, and it, it's interesting, you know, God, God doesn't punish, uh, Joshua for this, but you, you definitely see the consequences of it. So Joshua, uh, makes this decision on his own. Um, and it comes back to biting. Uh, because uh, these people in verse 22, it says, Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are from uh, very far from you when you dwell near us? Now, therefore, you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters, and water carriers for the house of my God. So they they now are going to subject them, but now this group of people who do not follow God uh, are going to, to to be in the land. Um, and will will come to cause problems down down the road, and uh, so then we get to chapter ten, and uh, and we have this group that uh, that now is attacking Gibeon, so which is this group that uh, Joshua just made a covenant with to protect, and uh, they call out, say you have to come protect us because now this uh, group of of five kings, uh, five city states is coming and attacking us. And so Joshua goes and, uh, and attacks 
this is kind of the, the famous battle uh, where Joshua prays for the sun to stay stand still, uh, to give him more time. And uh, uh, not only the, does uh, the, the army uh, destroy the, the armies of, of these five kings, uh, God also uh, does quite a bit. It says, there were more who died from hailstones uh, than the children of Israel killed with the, sto- with the sword. So again, there's always the reminder that, hey, this is, this is God who is, who is leading this. Uh, the Amorite kings, they go and they hide. Uh, it's pretty brutal. Read through chapter 10. They hide, uh, they uh, roll a stone in front of the cave, and then uh, in their own time, they bring them out and they hang them up <laughs> uh, and, and overnight on five different trees. Uh, again, these, are, these were common ways of battle, uh, but these five, five kings uh, were killed. Um, and then the conquest of the south uh, continues. You see it the second half, starting on verse 28 of chapter 10, um, and it, it mentions all the different places uh, that uh, Joshua uh, brings the people. And uh, it says in verse 42, all these kings and their land Joshua took at one time, because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. So this is probably all at least a two-year process uh, that all of this has happened. So now Joshua has taken the center of Canaan and taken all of the land on the south. Uh, So we will uh, pick up on Tuesday with that. We'll be going probably from uh, chapter 11 uh, to 11 to 15 to 18. Some of these chapters are shorter than, than others, um, but, uh, but maybe go ahead and read uh, all the way to, to chapter 18 um, for Tuesday. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll continue the conquest of the land and how God is fulfilling the covenant by bringing the people back into the promised land. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday.